Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trey uh, asked us to say that because Trey is on vacay right now with uh, with his girlfriend in Vancouver. So he said that he is in. Make sure that the listeners know that he is in the original Grizzly Land. Yes, he's there wearing his his Grizzlies hat. Um, yeah. He's full on ready to represent the Grizzlies in Vancouver. Whenever you see on Twitter, like who do you think of the first thing you see this logo when you think of a vancouver Grizzlies logo who do you think of the first brian, person brian big country reeves brian big country reeves They're, interesting yeah it's not that's okay. not for you is it no no <laughs> can i guess yours uh sure sharif abdurrahim oh damn you're kidding <laughs> oh that was my second one i was like it's one of those two well done well done <laughs> Sharif Adurahim, 100%. And didn't Mike Bibby also play? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike yeah. Bibby did. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to guess whose uh, Dre's is. I want to say it might be either Sharif or Mike. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would also go Sharif. Yeah, probably. It's it's kind of like an easy answer, too, because that was like before our time. <laughs> or we, we, before well, me and Dre's time. You, I, I you, probably could have said Steve Francis, but that's that, that probably stinks uh, a bit. Yeah, that's that's a little that's a little Alonzo morning for them. That's a, that is a long time. Right. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good to talk to you, man. Um, well, I guess we could start by saying welcome to that's a rap podcast, podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans, and of course the Raptors are on the off season. We're going to talk about that, but at the same time, I haven't talked to Jay in a while. Reason being, though, is because you know Raptors outside of our own families is like another family. <laughs> So when they're not playing, it's like, well, what do we do? And I think I, I schedule my days and I'm sure a lot of listeners who are uh, listening right now can understand uh, that once the Raptors are playing, you schedule around that, right? You say, okay, what are they playing? Um, is it a night game? Is it on, on the weekend? Like what's what's happening? Especially if it's a playoffs, you kind of like figure out what is going on around your lives. But once it's an off season, I literally don't know what to do with the free time i have no like i i'm sure i've got 
clothes to change or clo- clothes to clean and I got a ki- uh, kitchen chores and everything like that but like knowing that there isn't a Raptors game has been pretty difficult and I'm not saying that it's just this the first year every year there's always whenever there's an off season I have to kind of disconnect and be like okay there are other things that you have to do outside of waiting for the Raptors in October are you in the same boat bro I am I thought that you know as and I, I think I come at this from a from a different angle, thinking that like I spend all year analyzing every team because I I, I do that the weekly report on on the Raptors and their, their opponents. So I end up getting to know each of the teams throughout the year. So you'd figure I'd be invested mm-hmm. somewhat in in their success or or seeing how the playoffs play out. But yeah, I'm the same as you. It's like the second the Raptors were out, I didn't think that my drop off in basketball viewing would be so drastic, but it has yeah. been, despite yeah. the fact that there are some really damn good series going on right now, right? Like, oh, yeah. I think we, we all three of us said that the Celtics-Bucks was going to be probably the series of the entire playoffs, and it mm-hmm. hasn't disappointed, right? But yeah, There's I, always I one off. series that you wished it was the NBA Finals. Yeah, yeah. And totally. every year, and this is the one. You know, the, I agree. the Bucks and Celtics series it has been phenomenal. And again... As much as we've dropped off watching basketball because it's not our teams, you you know we still would do social media, so we follow what's going on, and watching like some of the highlights from 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 that series, and obviously that there's going to finally be, be a game seven against the Suns and the Mavs. Um, you know, shout out to our friends from Spread the Floor. Uh, they're probably ecstatic right now. Um. Yeah, it's this NBA playoffs has been pretty, pretty great. But let's save that for after the break because I want to talk about the Raptors first. Again, it's the offseason, Jay. Um, I've, I'm not general feeling, honestly, I'm feeling quite uh, optimistic. Um, I'm not disappointed, obviously, of where, like, okay, I, I'm disappointed that the fact that we're still not in the playoffs, but. At the same time, we spoke about, about about this before. We coming from where we thought, you know, projected at the beginning of the se- season, uh, going through the entire season of like having fans, having no fans, having fans again, and finally having full fans. Uh, thinking about the Tampa season last year, thinking about how P- uh, Pascal didn't play in the beginning of the year, uh, and then it hopefully we'll get NBA third team. Thinking about someone like you know Chris Boucher not playing really well in the beginning of this uh, season, and then becoming like, what are we going to do with him because we really need him back? Thinking about Scotty Barnes being Scotty Barnes Rookie of the Year, Scotty Bar- like cu- this entire season was a roller coaster. And I want to say we came out pretty positive, no? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know that beforehand we were talking about how maybe we should do, like, how do we recap the season? How do we review it, right? And, you know, I, I know yeah. I threw it out there that we should probably do maybe some grades. Um, but the more I think about it, it's like, if we do grades, then this is going to be a long episode, right? Because <laughs> then we'll be talking about each player <laughs> and their grades. But I would yeah, say yeah. this, like, in terms of, like, how this season progressed, yes, I agree with you. This was... Uh, this was a successful season by many metrics. So if I were to take that that grades approach, there are a lot of A's on this team. And off the top of my head, I'll tell you, Pascal is an A. Fred Van Vliet's an A. Mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes is an A. Precious Achua is an A. 
Gary Trent is probably a B plus, but like there are a lot of A's is my point. Right. And yeah, I I don't know if there's one person specific you want to point out there. Maybe I missed someone and uh, I'm, I guess the glaring omission there is OG Ananobi, but in terms Mm -hmm. of the A's, uh, Precious Achua, is he an A? Oh no! I think Pressure Issue was an A, but he started off like a D. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was at that point, like kind of like what you said about Chris Boucher starting off slow. It was like if either of those two was bringing the ball up in transition, I was cringing. I was like, please, please, right. please, right? Give it up to a point guard, please, please. Yeah, but yeah. But thinking about like again, we're not really we're talking we're we're kind of riffing back and forth because we don't have too much have a have a schedule because I just wanted to kind of go through the Raptors and see our general thoughts. And I I honestly feel like um, I was talking to Christine about this, how the core of what Masai has built, right? Pascal, Fred, OG, clearly those are the top three. Um, And, and he's, he said it, they, they, all three of them know it. Those three are one are the ones that's going to lead it. Uh, But from that, uh, having a young group such as Gary, Scotty, and precious coming up underneath those three top tier that's an incredible young core and trying to fit and mold things around that i think that's the hardest part but i i believe that's not um i guess i I would say i don't think that's too hard for someone like Masai, knowing what he's done with this group knowing his vision trying he has already put the groundwork for those six and i think those six are that's the core that he's he's mentioned time and time again you know finding fits around that that's going to be the hard part but again i'm not worried about that i think Masai and bobby really know what they're doing here's my next question though is you have someone like thaddeus young you have someone like chris boucher both of those guys are free agents and they're going to i think chris is probably going to ask for a little bit more money but let's let's start with chris he at this moment he's a unrestricted free agent and he's I, i've you know i listened to his hustle podcast he hasn't really thought about it at all because this is like his first time after six years not being or finally being a free agent so he's going to take all of his options which he thoroughly deserves uh, and I feel like he really should figure out where where he wants to go, what his what he wants to do with his family and everything. Like that if he stays with the Raptors, perfect. But it depends on how much you know, how much, how long, and if it's a good fit. To me, I think he's a great fit. How much? Uh, that's the scary part. So, what do you think about Chris Boucher? I think Chris Boucher is a very interesting case. Um, I know that when we were talking about Chris and his strengths and weaknesses around the trade deadline because remember his his name along with Goran Dragic were the big ones that were on the table at least mm-hmm. in terms of the Raptor rumors uh, he's an interesting case in that he's a big man who's not a big man right he's he's mm-hmm. a an oversized wing but he's not a wing right he's a very unique player in the skill set that he brings and it fits perfectly within the Raptors system Right, and we saw that yeah. development throughout the year. He became kind of the, the, the sixth man alongside Precious Achua. Right, it's, it was, uh, he's. It, it took a while to get here, but now that he's finally hit that perfect spot in the rotation and in in maximizing his skill set, 
it really is hard to envision him with any other team. Maybe a team that has a, a, sorry? No, no, that's fair. I was going to say, Chris Boucher is like almost the epitome of this team where you have all these players that are so unique offensively. And also, you don't really have a player that can guard these types of players. You can't really call a guard Chris Boucher. You know what I mean? Like you put a you put a big man on him, uh, like an actual center, Chris Boucher can shoot a three and stretch it out. If you put a little guy, obviously Chris Boucher is like seven foot two. So he's very, very unique. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And and when we start to think about his value, right now he has a cap hold of 13 million. That that that's an insignificant but not really significant number. All it just means is that for the purposes of calculating your your salary cap, that's how much he's currently on your books for. The second he actually signs a contract, whether it's if, if it's with the team, then that will be the the number. This is just a number that's mm. kind of being held in in the books. It doesn't really mean anything, but it gives you an idea of how much uh, he could be worth. And um, typically, those cap holds are a bit higher than what they will actually command in in, in the market. So, I would say he's probably. I think he was. Somewhere in the, oh, I need to I need to fact check this before I say it out loud, but I thought he was around seven million last year. Yeah, this year he was, uh, or the the past year was seven million. Yeah, I think he would probably command somewhere in the ten million range um, as his mm-hmm. max, um, and that's you know he's he's earned that right. He's he's definitely boosted his value. It's never yeah, been higher. I agree. So I think that's where he is value wise, right? Um, uh, I can probably step into a bit more about what that value represents, but um, any other thoughts from you about Boucher, or do you want to move on to that? Yeah, I think Boucher. This is my thought: is let's say that he played well in the beginning and and faltered off at the end. Um, I feel like would we still have the same feeling because Boucher? What we want. What what we what every team aspires for their players is for them to be consistent, right? So if Boucher is going to come in with the mentality of, oh, I don't need to be that number one scorer and I don't have to, uh, you know, uh, shoot the basketball every time I need to, every time I have the basketball. Um, if he plays the way he plays by the, from the end of the season, of course, I think that ten million is a steal. I I really do feel like Chris Boucher would be a great fit for whatever they're trying to fulfill with this team. And you're right, I I honestly don't see him on any other team. Not because he's not a great player, it's just that the fit isn't there anywhere else that I can really think about. You know, because Memphis. No, I, since we're talking about the Grizzlies, I could see him fitting on Memphis. No. Uh, that's a hard that's hard even even still i think that i mean him and dylan brooks would be great together i think it's because i'm thinking about like memphis is the only other team other than the raptors that's like super huge on like creating turnovers offensive rebounding that that kind of fits boucher fits yeah. that right like raptors yeah. and grizzlies are very interchangeable in their in their respective systems is kind of what i'm getting at but yeah, yeah. It, again, to your to what you're you're saying here, yeah. I mean, trying to picture Boucher in a different team is kind of it's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess when you, when you look at any uh any team or sorry, any ex Raptor that that you know isn't another uh a jersey outside of 
<clears throat> outside of maybe like Lowry being wearing red and red and white still, uh, it's it's going to be pretty weird. Um, especially seeing like Serge Ibaka in green. That's that's, that's the strangest. Weird. That's yeah, that's the strangest. Okay, what about uh, what about Thaddeus Young? This one I'm intrigued about. Thad is going to lead into okay. I, I'll go over Thad's value and all that because it's actually going to lead into a, a different discussion. So I'm actually going to let you go first here on Thad. Um, thoughts okay. on on. Him as a Raptor, his future possibly with the Raptors. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. think about that? Um, Thad is he's on he he's definitely the oldest <laughs> on the team, um, but you need that, right? What was the main? Uh, I I think after the twenty twenty. Uh, Raptors roster. The biggest thing that we were missing was probably, you know, the Marcus and Serge Ibaka, the veteran, the center, the one that kind of grounds you. Dad Young, uh, grounds Dad Young, Dad Maybe Young. Dad. It, this one is really hard because it like like the this past season he was owed fourteen million dollars. I don't think he's worth that much now. Um, do I still want him on the team? Absolutely. Yeah. Do Do I know how much he's he, he's going to ask for? I, I I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't. It hit and and also thinking about like at his career, right? At that, at thirty four, he probably wants to try to win win a ring. Um, does he see it with this team? Probably, quite possibly. But I, I mean, like I'm hoping that he stays so he doesn't like ring chase or anything like that. But Again, I would like to see Thad Young back. Uh, it just kind of again, it depends on how much we can offer him. Yeah, that's it's. He's a very interesting case because easily became very you know loved here. Like he's absolutely loved here. Uh, everyone yeah. loves him he by teammates him and fans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, his family seems to really like it here, um, and he is at the ring chasing age. Um, he has never made it to the NBA Finals, um, let alone won a ring. Um, you know, his the closest he ever got to, like the furthest he ever got was just the conference semifinals with the 2011-12 76ers. So he hasn't really seen playoff success. And right. for someone of his stature who's been around the league for this long, like, you know, I wouldn't fault him if he says, okay, you know what? Thanks, Raptors. Uh, you're a good team, but you're not a championship mm-hmm. contending team next year. So at least that's what I think. I being Thad Young, so I'm gonna take my talents elsewhere. I can totally see that happening, and that's totally mm-hmm. up to him. But uh, in terms of you know what he can he can bring to the table, like it, it was obvious this year, right? Like he was he was a, a glue guy with the the bench squad. Whenever he came in with Boucher and and Precious. He kind of became the point guard. He developed this amazing yeah. chemistry with Chris Boucher specifically. So it's funny that the two of them are mentioned as the two unrestricted free agents here. Um, yeah. You, you also take like players exit interviews and everything like that, like w- with a grain of salt, right? Mm-hmm. I that continuously says that this organization is top tier. Of course we, we all know that, but he also, thinks that what they're building is him and he his his built and his fit is perfect with this team which i don't 
disagree with. I, I feel like Thad fits in with this team like a glove. Just like how, and I spoke about this before, when Gasol came here, it it was, you know, you put him in and there you go. There was, there was no adjustment period. Fred Van Vliet said that he didn't, that there was nothing to like get used to. It just Gasol just knew how to play. And I feel like Thad is that. I feel like that is what we've been missing um, for since we've had Gasol. I, you know what is it? That's a that's a tangible you can't really ignore. You know, yeah, he's not going to give you twenty points. He's not. You know, he might give you if he gives you a three in a corner. If he gives you like six points a game, that that's that's you know cherry on top. But the point of having Thad there is that glue guy, and I feel like every team definitely needs that because you know the two oldest guys on the team is is Thad and I believe Kem, um, yeah, and. I uh, you know I don't really trust Kem to be that that glue guy. I don't, I don't take away his talents at all. I think Kem is 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 going to be pretty good for the next two years that we have him for. But again, I feel like we definitely need either Thad or someone like a Thad. And since we've we have Thad at the moment, um, you know, try to give him try try to keep him as as much as you can. Do you think? Yeah, I I love again. I would love to keep him. But here's here's where the value part comes in. So his cap hold is $21 million. He's obviously not going to get that. But mm-hmm. if he gets somewhere to what he was paid last year in, in that $14 million, $15 million range, here's something interesting. So if that were to be included in a sign-in trade along with Gary Trent, you could, get, hmm. you could bag yourself Rudy Gobert. I've seen that. Oh, okay. That's great. I need to ask you about that. So yes, uh, I, I left this. I wanted to go second on purpose because I figured this would lead into the Rudy Gobert conversation, which I'll admit, I, the second I saw those rumors, I said, absolutely, 100%, no. I do not want Rudy Gobert on this team. Um, not because of, like, and I, and I get it. The Raptors could have used a Rudy Gobert against a Joel Embiid, but mostly because I... I, I just didn't see enough value there, right? There's it's $38 million for someone who is mainly an interior player. Mind you, the best, one of the best in the league, definitely on the defensive end and, and definitely one of the tops in the, on the offensive end. But we're in a, a league now where it's all about expanding the court, not constricting it to the paint, right? And the mm-hmm. fact that Rudy would not... You know, it, it, you'd have to adjust your your entire strategy around. Okay, well, he probably can't do all the switching and stay up up top uh, above the key, or he can't on offense be be left in the corner. Like he'll have to park himself down low. That that changes the strategy for Nick Nurse tremendously, considering he's going to command a lot of minutes. But what do you think of that trade? Because uh, the the Rudico Bear trade uh, rumors came up. Um, and again, I, I shut it down, but it's like may also because it's like it would cost you not one, but two of your core, the core that you spoke of earlier, Jason, right? That it's like, I don't yeah. want to give up Gary Trent and OG Ananobi for Rudy Gobert. No way. But mm-hmm. if it's Gary Trent and a sign and trade with that young, I would mm-hmm. consider that. <laughs> what about you? It's not. You're not there yet, huh? Thing. It's not. It's not a bad idea. I mean, I don't, I'm not. Well, look, look, we're not going to be the Lakers uh, fans, okay? We're not going to be like, let's just get 
any star possible to come here. It's at the moment, like, okay, the, the put the money together. If with a sentence with that, the money might work, but you're talking about a $38 million contract leading to a $41 million contract leading to a $43 million contract for the it's next couple of years. It's heavy. Do you really want to like, like handcuff us for, for the next three to four years? I mean, we're already, uh, we already have a 35 to $37 million contract for Pascal. I'm not saying that these guys don't deserve it. They hundred percent do, but do you really, like, I've never thought of us to be one of those teams that was going to handcuff us for two giant contracts and ha- everyone else would just take your scraps. That's true. I, I just don't see that happening. And, and, you know, Rudy is one of the best centers, defensive player of the year candidate every single freaking year. Can he shoot a three? Like Gary Trent Jr.? Absolutely not. What is the, what was the hardest like uh, need for this for this year? Yes, I get I guess a center, but we've we've you know taken that away because you know uh, rebound via team, not via player. But one of the things that we really couldn't do, especially in these playoffs, was shoot a goddamn three. Mm-hmm. And you take away Gary, who's literally our best sniper on this team. Who do we have? OG and Fred, and y- you. Y- Pascal definitely needs to operate. Uh, if you want him to operate by himself, you can't clog up the rim uh, with with the Gobert underneath it. So unless you're changing the entire dynamic of the team to get Rudy Gobert and to play with Rudy Gobert, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Okay. That's what I think. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. And then that's the other thing, right? It's like you're you're at a point now in in this construction of this team where, again, next year they probably won't be championship contenders, but again, it's very, very solid core of six, where at the beginning of the year, it was a core of three, but now that we can safely say that it's actually a core of six is very inspiring, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And only losing one of those to get Rudy Gobert, I don't know, man. It's, is that your, is that your, your, your DeRozan for Kawhi trade? Is that what you think puts you over the top? If Masai and Bobby feel like that is it, then do it. Right, if that's yeah. what you feel like will get you the championship, because remember, Masai has no care for play-ins. Right, he does. If, if this team ultimately stays around this fifty-win mark, top four, but not top one, then he's done it before. Right, he will pull the trigger. But is this is this the bullet? And uh, I'm with yeah. you on this. Right, like I, I would I would still lean towards no, but you know, Masai has consistently proven that he's a good evaluator of talent and, and how things can fit. Um, but yeah, I, again, I'm, and, I'm with you on this. I'm, I'm, I'm still saying historically no. outside of that Kawhi trade, um, which you do, you know, hundred percent of the time, right? He, historically, they haven't been like a home run kind of team decision makers like that. And, and it, be, like that whole rumor of trying to keep Kawhi, we had to trade, Pascal, OG, Fred, whatever, the farm for uh, Westbrook and, and Paul George for like a year. And I believe that. I believe that was what um, they wanted. And I'm so, so glad that Masai didn't handcuff themselves mm-hmm. to do that because of, you know, the you have to think long term for 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 these teams and the nba is so short-sighted they want an nba title now no matter what you wanted to do it now and look at what happened to these teams look at someone like brooklyn 
Look at someone like the 76ers. And then you look on the other side, you watch somebody uh, like a team like Golden State Warriors who've drafted well, who've traded well, who've made their team and built around them, but not um, traded, you know, their future. And I think that's what Masai and Bobby have done historically. And I don't, again, I don't see, you know, building a roster that your top tier teams is, you know, reaching a hundred million dollars for three people. I just, I can't see Bobby and Masai do that. That's why I want to say no to that trade. Okay. Um, Yeah. That's, that's that's what I think. Okay, so finally, before we go into a break, I need to ask you real quick on the top of your head, man. Your your uh, from the season, your favorite non on court Raptor moment and your favorite on court Raptor moment. Oh, I I'm prepared for this one. Oh, nice. Uh, I am unprepared for this one. I feel like I'm going to say <laughs> something that is gonna feel you're right. probably gonna regret it later and then... yeah i'm gonna be like how could i miss the most obvious answer to this can i right. can i defer to you because because you thought of the question i, I imagine you have answers so i I'm do stall by having you I answer do. this first okay okay um my favorite non-raptor uh oh, sorry my favorite non-on-court is the halloween party mm. where where nick nurse, nick nurse. Uh, held up a sign yes that you know that you basically everyone memed every, every it was like like uh, argue with me or something like that like basically you just have a blank canvas now and everyone just uses this as a meme i thought that was genius by nick nurse and my um on court raptor moment uh is i've i if i have to choose one and i know it's a little bit later into the season but that that precious achua Pull up three, pull up three, on against on the 76ers. Auden was grotesque. Like that was so fantastic. And knowing where Precious was at the beginning of the season, where one he couldn't dribble, two he couldn't shoot, to becoming friggin' Steph Curry of the North is the turnaround in just a, a couple of months is incredible, and that cemented it. So I think that three pointer, like. Raptors Twitter went freaking bonkers, and if that happened at home, oh my god, that would be my best uh, on court, you know, possession for the Raptors. Uh, a couple of things. That's oddly the first one that came to my mind, so I'm, I'm not going to use it. Yeah. But that's weird how that came to my mind too. Second of all, I think that was actually at home. So was uh, it? At yeah, home? it was. Oh, I I apologize. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, regardless, it bonkers. bonkers. So, yeah, yeah. It's it was a, an incredible play. I, and I'm going to cheat a bit here on the on-court because it's actually not a play. And I, I, this is kind of a pet peeve of mine when they're like, you know, you see those those countdowns on like TSN where it's like top moments of the year. And it's actually not a moment. Like what you described was a moment. That's one singular play. But when it's like right. a collection of moments, like, no, it's not. That's not a moment. That is like an entire yeah. <laughs> quarter of basketball age <laughs> reference. And that's what I'm actually going to do here. Uh, okay. The The... It was a home game against Utah and the Raptors were down by like what 30 or something like that. And okay. Fred Van Vliet went like scorched earth and like Oh yes. Yeah, he, he scored yes. like, oh, I don't know, like twenty-four God. points in the quarter or something. Yeah. Like that yeah, whole yeah. uh that whole quarter is my Raptors. And that was that, without fans. That was without fans too. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, if there were fans, like I don't know if there'd be a louder 
time yeah. throughout this year. He was like, literally on fire. He was so that, on fire. And then, like, like remember he, he, he made that steal at the half court the last second and, and heaved it up? I thought that was going in. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's how hot he was. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. He just needed to follow yeah. that up with, like, the Chris Boucher tired meme on the corner like, <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good was, that that shit i don't know if that's an off court or on court i don't know that's pretty good too that's that's a chris there. boucher off court uh, yeah, chris boucher, boucher on the one. bench is probably the off court one um yeah i didn't i didn't wasn't intending to have that but that that was probably the most that, memeable that thing of the year um, that so yeah. going back to that Fred moment or that Fred quarter, that was one of those like you're down by twenty or something, right? And then you're yeah. like, okay, I'm just gonna go to the washroom or whatever. You come back and you're like <laughs> down by two. What, what the hell just school? happened? Yeah, <laughs> that's one of those moments. Yeah, yeah. So oh, incredible. Yeah, those are my yeah. I guess I stumbled across my on court and off court. Yeah, let's let's go nice. with that. Uh, I guess off court. I love it. I don't know if it'd be favorite per se, but it was really weird at least for me personally, being in the arena for that speaker fire um, and then uh, oh. seeing the crowd empty out. Uh, that was just yeah. super weird. And also I was there for you that. had a, And you had a, like a bird view, a bird's eye view of it too. So you yeah. can like see from the top of like everybody's like leaving. You were sending pictures to us and we we're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it was That's weird strange. because I actually didn't find out about it till unless I'm, I only found out about it because Twitter. I was on Twitter during the game watching the court right. and I see someone had posted a picture of like, the area that was right below me i was like oh my gosh why is it empty <laughs> why did i have to yeah. see this on twitter not in front of my own eyes but very very odd game and then on in addition to that in terms of weird moments i was also there for the uh the thunder game where there were justin champagne was a fingernail too long oh, from hitting that buzzer yeah i uh, think that would have been if if that made it that probably would have been like yeah, the best moment i would for the i would Raptors. agree like, yeah yeah so so down to heart like even after the loss like knowing that he lost justin was so happy about it just he was to have so that moment personable and you love it up front yeah yeah he has a he has a bright future here i have yeah i have high hopes i agree him. I agree. I, I'm I'm equating him to like uh, I hope he has a Tyrese Maxi kind of route. Mm. You know, like people people love him. Uh, Ty, like talking about Tyrese, and you kind of just there's certain players that you just want them to succeed because of or the the person they are. You know, yeah. and I hope that Justin Champagne does that. If, if we did a, a G League grades, it would be Justin and Delano A pluses. Uh, or yeah, Delano would be A plus plus. Justin Champagne and like David Johnson would all get A's. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've got a bright future. Yeah. And thinking about, and I know we got to take a break, but like just thinking about like, you know, not too long ago, Pascal, Fred, and Norm were yeah. there. That That's what the position they were with yep. Alano, Justin, and David. So just, just think about it, you know, like they're the, the farm system for the Raptors mm-hmm. is top tier and don't sleep on those three players. Okay, let's take a real quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the playoffs because, ooh, some spice going on, man. I love it. All right, talk to you guys soon. Welcome back to That's Rep. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, no, I sorry. Had, I had nothing to say. Go ahead. You took over it. <laughs> no, no. I was going to say insert Dre joke here. Obviously, yeah, that, that's yeah, just yeah. a filler. Go ahead. You know what? I'm just going to keep this in because it's hilarious. Welcome back to That's Real <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Podcast by Raptors fans. For Raptors fans. Uh, I was going to say, um, Leafs, is there an actual curse for these guys? Because they haven't won a... I, I, okay, we're preface to say we're we recording this on Friday. Oh, today's Friday. Friday the thirteenth. Well, my Jason Voorhees uh, yes. mask is is looking at me too. Um, Friday the thirteenth, and the Leafs lost in overtime yesterday. Uh, guys, I'm not saying that you guys can't pull this off, but like if you don't pull it off, that's 19 years not coming out of the first round. I'm don't, just, don't make me throw out Leaf stats now. I'm going Leaf stats, buddy. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Um, okay, let's talk about the, the these playoffs still. You got the, the 76ers just lost to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the So far, the Boston Celtics and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, the best series so far, uh, far none. Um, that's going to game six, elimination game. Uh, and then you got a game seven with Suns and the Mavs. And you also have a drubbing from the Memphis Grizzlies. Like they were, what, how much were they up by at one point? Like they got up by. They had like fifty four at some point. It was, it was Jesus. It got up there. That's that's crazy, and uh, that's without jaw too. Yeah. So okay, uh, outside of you know what, let's do some predictions, Jay. How about that? Let's do some predictions. All right. Uh, Bucks and Celtics. Who you got? Uh, I want to stick with my my Celtics winning the not my not quote sorry 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 I should clarify I am not saying my Celtics is in they're my team as in I should finish that thought and say the, my Celtics the one prediction that you picked yeah yeah the, the one that you picked. the Celtics yeah. prediction I made of the Celtics winning is going to come through but man these the the defending champs are really really proving oh me man wrong they're, here. they're so resilient. there there's a, there's a couple of players on other other teams that you just can't not like Tyrese Maxey is one of them. Um, obviously Kyle Lowry, is, but <laughs> uh, Drew Holiday yeah. is one of the best players, the most under one of the best underrated players you'll ever watch. Offensively, he's huge. Defensively, he's so good. And the fact that he did that, he blocked and stole the ball under 10 seconds against the defensive player of the year is like, like if you if you took the soul from Boston Celtics fans, that's what he did the other night. Yeah, if there was ever a a, a moment where it's like he literally tried to steal the Defensive Player of the Year award, uh, yeah, that yeah. was that was the signifier <laughs> of it, right? Yeah, they should just like you know that like video of him stealing the ball at the last. They should just you know change the ball to the glass exactly. crystal ball exactly of the. <laughs> And just say that he stole it because he stole that from him, man. I'm sorry. Like, I love Marcus Smart. I really, really do. He plays like with his heart on the sleeve. But that, you know, and I and I understand it's it's a whole year award. But I mean, come on, man. Like you can't. Jason Tatum was wide open on the corner. You had four people around you. Like you, all you had to do was pass it up and you had a chance to tie the game. I'm, whew, if I was a Boston Celtics fan, I would be worried. Yep. Yeah, and and that's that leads into my prediction, right? Like as much as I 
I still believe that the Celtics can pull this out. It's it's hard to doubt. Like it's one of those like I'm I'm surprised. Maybe because we're not part of Bucks Twitter here, but like this is this entire series has been a never underestimate the heart of a champion type thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know who the Alex Wong of Milwaukee Bucks is, but that's that's what that's what it is right now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change my prediction and, and say that you know the Bucks are going to pull this off. I don't know if they'll pull it off at, at home, which they probably should. But um, I, I can I could even see them pulling it off on the road. They've already you know won. A, in Boston, right? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to say that the Bucks pulled this out. Um, Damn. Would you agree? No, no. Uh, oh, 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 what up, Mochi? Mochi, Mochi, wants, Mochi wants Boston. Okay, I get it. I get it, See, Mochi. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was going to say no Alford, uh, Al Horford um, yeah. turning back. And then, like, that, uh, that one scene where he, like, said bet to – to Giannis and then out to him after like that this series I tell you man, this series is fantastic it is like, it's it's really lived up to 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 the hype right it's lived up to everything that we were hoping yeah. for in the series um, I want to say this is better for non-Bucks and Celtics fans because they yeah. are probably going through heartbreak and 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 cheer and and then heart like they lost like it's it's so emotionally tiring but for like NBA fans this is incredible <laughs> Um, okay, what about uh, what man? Did you hear what Jimmy Butler said at the end of the game, like when he was walking into the tunnel? Oh, uh, about T- Tobias Harris? What did he say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like Tobias Harris over me. What? <laughs> oh. oh my god! I mean, he did call out like Joel and B, like uh, saying that he he wished that he was on the team. Uh, but and then to go into the tunnel and then say Tobias Harris over me, like Jimmy Butler has no filter, man. And and also, I don't know if you saw. Do you see the Ben Simmons? Uh, he took a picture. No. Took a picture of himself uh, smiling and in front of the the, the television <laughs> with. The, Is that real with, though? Do I don't know, man. That? I <laughs> I think it was like on his IG story and then deleted. I'm gonna go ahead and believe it. Um, okay because okay. i'm a sucker for scams yeah. but it, it's uh, yeah it's what i feel like it's one of those like pictures where you could photoshop a picture in between a picture or like you know that one gif where uh it's like a pub where they're going crazy over i'm assuming oh, the screen like, right all win yeah 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 and then and you can put any t- anything there and, and and everyone's going nuts like yeah. i feel like it's one of those yeah uh, and you know what i i fine you know laugh at me if i'm falling for uh, an obvious photoshop but i'm falling for it it's it's great i love i love to see it (laughs) so uh, so the reason okay i'm not here to slander the sixers oh wait really i i kind of am i kind of am (laughs) okay okay uh let's do it man like it's the 76ers at the moment there's they've given so much up in order to keep James Harden, and to have a James Harden game like that, at, at an elimination game, to score eleven points and no shots at the end of the, at, at, in the fourth quarter, I'm sorry, man. Are you really gonna give this guy a max extension? Are you really going to be like, you know what? We saw enough. Please go ahead. But at the same time, you have to because you put all your chips on the table. And if you're just going to take in, take back what you said, like what kind of 
man, this the Sixers are are so messed up right now. They are, and and imagine if you're Daryl Morey did all this for him, right? And it's like, think about last year. It was Game Seven against the Hawks, uh, and and Simmons was criticized because he didn't. Uh, I, I can't remember what the stat was, but either he didn't score a field goal in the second half of Game Seven, or he didn't attempt a field goal. I forgot which one it was, but right in in their their Game Six loss. James Harden didn't hit a single field goal. And that's that is that's the same reason why you traded away uh Ben. In fact, I, I should correct myself. In game seven against the Hawks, Ben Simmons was one for two in the second half. One for two. So he only attempted two shots. Uh in in the in game six elimination to the Heat, James Harden was 0 for two. Two shots from your supposed second star to Embiid. Like that is that is, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, it's Ooh. it's really brutal. And how about this? The the Sixers, uh, the the tie for the leading scorer in the game was Embiid, obviously, and and Tyrese. Ooh, Mack. Uh, sh- oh, okay. So I was gonna say Shake Milton. Yeah, the second leading scorer, <laughs> Shake Milton. Like, what is this unserious oh, team doing? Man, like, that's a sad. That's like sad saying, story. and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, taking away any of the talent, but that's like saying, like, friggin' you know, Malachi Flynn is going to take over this game for us. Yeah, and in, in a, and I'm Malachi saying, like, Flynn Malachi to save Flynn. us in game six. Like, that's what it, you're in, in an elimination game. I'm I'm sorry, guys. Like, that's that's rough, man. And, and then, like, okay, I wish Dre was here so I could ask him too. But is Doc back next year? I am going to say no. Because no they, they have to, there has to be a scapegoat. Right, last year they pinned it on on Ben Simmons, and right. they got rid of him. Right, they they ostracized him and, and basically you know shoot him away. Um, it's going to fall on someone now, right? Because you you have your 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 core intact. Uh, so who's who's it going to fall on, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it falls on I think it falls on Doc. I think he's not back next year, and the, the best coaching carousel part- will turn. The best part of the series, man, is when that fan uh, took a picture behind the coach's bench, yeah. and he's like, "Not cook, Doc's he's not cooking, cooking up, up nothing." <laughs> <laughs> Even that one, I was, you know, that one looks like it's a Photoshop, but like, I'm yeah, gonna go ahead yeah, and link yeah, that yeah, one too. That's fair. Oh man, that un unbelievable. Um, I also don't think Doc is gonna be back. Not saying that he's not gonna have a job next year because apparently the Lakers want him. And yeah, the coach's carousel is going to continue to go. And if you have someone like Doc Rivers on the docket, you're going to try to get him. Uh, I don't know why, but you know you're going to you're going to try to get him. And yeah, like the the whole Joel Embiid throwing people on the bus still. Like the the fact that he said that his entire team is soft. Yeah. Like that's okay. I get it. You're you're not like sure. You're speaking truth. You're 100 speaking truth. But Joe. <laughs> Would you really, at the end of a pretty incredible season, yes, you guys are were supposed to be a championship contending season, but like to go ahead and and start thinking about the other team that you just faced and say PJ Tucker and and Bam Adebayo and say those guys are tough and we don't have that, like that's a straight f you to the teams that the, the team that you 
fought the entire year with that you bloodied and bruised with that like a brotherhood that you've bonded over your entire year and to just shove everybody under the bus including the coaching staff include like that's not just the players that's in the entire team man like that's that's not a good look for a leader uh of this team like you can't i don't know man you can't say that like wow that's that's bad no yeah, that's that's not that's not what you want from your leader, right? And again, it, it, frustrations aside, right? You need to you need to plan a little bit long term, and, and that's what we've seen from Embiid. He's very reactive, right? We, we we've seen it even in Raptors games how the way he'll react. He, he, a lot of these players say that they're not affected by you know how the crowd reacts. They're not affected by by right. by what's happening on on the court. They're 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 focused on themselves, but that's not the case with Embiid. He really does get affected by what he's hearing and what he's seeing. And and that comes out in a way that can be destructive to to the team. And hundred yeah. percent. He's he's in the driver's seat here, right? Like this team is bending over backwards to build around him. They they traded away a possible superstar in Ben Simmons to appease him, right? They they're they've they've got Harden now in there. So like they will continue to bend over backwards for him. And um, unless someone kind of corrects him and says, hey, don't maybe act as a role model because you, you've got some some interesting pieces there, right? I mean, they held on to, mm-hmm. to Matisse and, and Tyrese and they're going to look up to you. And if you're going to be saying stuff like this, that's going to filter down to them. And they're, there's, mm-hmm. it's not going to uh, help with your, your locker room situation. Um, so, Can yeah. I just say that Joel Embiid and Philadelphia, they are like, kindred spirits they're for made each for each other they are yeah they are. yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i can't see i can't 100%. see him anywhere else to be honest like even if he no. ultimately says i want out which would be a, a huge like imagine the the discussions about the process if joel Embiid were to ask to leave like that would be yeah uh oh my i gosh. saw this tweet saying that like the process led them to exactly the beginning it was, like <laughs> it just just right back at the beginning. Which is why um, I wanted the Raptors. Another reason why I wanted the Raptors to defeat them. Because Thad Young was the last piece before yes, the process yes. began. The last piece in Philadelphia. Anyways, I digress. Um, yeah. <laughs> we should probably wrap up the, the rest of the, the series here. And, and Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And okay. Uh, Warriors, um, Grizz. Oh, I'm man. I'm sticking with my Grizz, man. What? I I, wow. I picked the Grizz. Actually, you know I, what? I, I have a stat for you. And... I do have a stat for okay. you. Of okay. all of the top ten MVP vote getters, only one of them, their team performed better when they were not on the court, and that was Jaw. So interesting. And Jaw is out for the rest of the season. Yeah, very likely. Yeah, I, be- I believe so. Right. Yeah. Ooh. So I, listen. Yeah, they they I. I I'm gonna stick with my guns. I'll stick with my guns. Uh, I, I chose him on when we first did these uh, predictions, these brackets, and I'm I'll stick with it. I'm probably gonna you know eat my words next week, but shoot. Hey man, I <laughs> I did when we we did this a couple weeks ago, and the Raptors were down three zero, right? I I had I yeah. had to stick to my guns. Yeah, but okay. So there's this one scene in the Fast and Furious, no number one, and 
do you remember when uh, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel they go up against each other the, for the first time? Yeah, and obviously Vin Diesel wins, right? But at the end, Paul Walker's like, "Yeah, but I got you scared, man." <laughs> I got, that was you the Raptors. Scared right? For a second, that was the Raptors. That was the Raptors. A hundred percent. That was. So the is that what, is that what the Grizz are? Are they are they just scaring the Warriors? I think you're saying no. Probably. They're, they're gonna actually win this. I race. mean, okay, okay. As a uh, <laughs> as a generalist, probably. As you know, someone who wants the drama, that would love to watch that. A uh, 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 Memphis team going to the conference finals. Do I think they're gonna? I, I didn't. I know I did pick them. I did pick them to go to the yeah, NBA yeah. finals. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay, and finally, our first game seven. Who you got? It's going to be in Phoenix. Mavs versus Suns. It, it it's it's got to be. It has to be the Suns. I mean, that would be right? that would be a, like, a colossal. I know it's game seven, and they've, they've earned their way here, but that would still be a very huge upset if Dallas were to pull it off. And here's what they have yeah. in their favor is. They have the best player in the series. And that's a huge statement considering Chris Paul and Devin Booker are well on their way to being named to the all-NBA teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both going to make it, or uh, very likely for Chris Paul. Uh, I know for sure Bo- mm-hmm. Booker's going to end up on the first team. But like Doncic is the best player in that series. So yeah. when you have the best player, you have a chance. So, <clears throat> And anything can happen in a Game 7. I'm, I'm still going to pick mm-hmm. Phoenix, but I'm going to reluctantly pick them. I, I think that a part of me feels like Dallas can pull this off. Actually, you know what? Screw it. Dallas is going to win. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I know I have Phoenix winning. I think I have Phoenix winning the whole yeah. thing, but screw it. Yeah. Like they've, they've impressed me. I mean, I'll, I'll go Dallas. A, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. And the reason why I'm going Phoenix is because I'll take experience over anything. As and you, should. you have experience As you with the Suns. Um, then again, Doncic is one of those players like, like Braun, like, Giannis that can win you a game in any given moment so I you know this is going to be quite an interesting uh, game seven I'll still probably hedge towards the Suns again with the experience part but oh give me I, I've been waiting for a game seven I think a lot of people have been too so this is gonna this is gonna be a lot of fun all right Jay um again We'll talk next week. We'll see. We'll, we'll probably talk Eastern Conference, uh, and then and then we'll probably give. I don't. I'm not sure. Sure, we'll, we'll probably do some grades and see what, what like more offseason stuff when it comes to the Raptors. But where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. I'm working on a couple of things to wrap up the season. I'm working on the uh, season player review for Precious Achua. Uh, a plus. A plus. Uh, so look out for that on Raptors HQ. Uh, I hope to get that done sometime this week. I'm also contributing to a an article for one of the SB Nation sister affiliates over in LA, the uh, Silver hey. Screen and Roll. Uh, we've been asked to put together something on Adrian Griffin, who is uh, rumored to be one of their top. Uh, coaching candidates to fill the, the head coaching spot so I, i'm contributing to an article to talk about you know the the strengths weaknesses of, of adrian griffin what to look out for to mm-hmm. kind of inform the laker crowds so look out for that on silver screen and roll and i believe that's it happy anniversary Sweet. to the Kawhi shot yes <laughs> just don't tell that to philly fans you can find <laughs> all of us on that's rep pod on twitter uh until next time that's a rep Dre, we miss you, buddy. Uh, Enjoy representing the Grizzlies 
in Vancouver. So, Vancouver Business, Shreve Vancouver Phoenix School.